Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Earn Interest. Today's topic will be about the misconception on how to build wealth in the black community. Um, the reason why I wanted to discuss this particular topic is because I felt like through the years we were lied to. I wouldn't say I shouldn't say lied to. Uh, we're, we're not provided all the correct information to actually build wealth. It was, you know, to build wealth, you need to, we need more black people to buy homes. We need more uh, people, black and Hispanic people, to, to, to invest in the stock market. And that's the essential way of building wealth. We need to be able to help these individuals uh, get better jobs. This, these are the recipes for building wealth. Um, and, and, and all those things are important. Don't get me wrong. I, I do encourage our people to buy homes, you know, instead of renting. Uh, I do encourage people to, you know, get the best high paying job you can. I do encourage people to invest in the stock market because I do all those things. I have done all those things myself. And so I do encourage that. So I'm not uh, suggesting that those are necessarily bad items. But given the reality of the statistic that says, I think in the publication, The Guardian states that uh, the median black wealth will be zero um, by 2053 and Hispanics about two decades right after that. So it makes me think that like, okay, we really need a, 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 a solution that can change that around, right? Um, and, and to, so, cause even if we get a positive increase, don't get me wrong, you know, a dollar and that based off these statistics, a dollar is a positive increase. That's nice, but we need a, an, a, an aggressive solution so that way, cause we're in a, we're playing catch up. So we need something that, that, that can help us achieve those results. Um, in a shorter period of time, and so that way we can catch up to our other counterparts in terms of wealth, um, in terms of wealth building. And, and, and the, there's an article that I read some time ago uh, that was based off of black women, but I believe that it's relevant for all black families. And um, let me just pull it up real quick for you. It's an article uh, from Urban Wire, and it breaks down um, how the racial gaps in terms of building wealth for black women and white women. And it, and it basically takes a, uh, a survey from 2089 to 2016, which is, well, and it shows that both women, black women and white women wealth did double, I think more than double, especially for black women. I think it went from, um, I'm trying to find the statistic now. I, can't find it, but I think it doubled in terms of when you add in uh, the total wealth of a black woman from 1989 to 2016, it did double. But what I wanted to, oh, and so the way this survey worked is that they selected four asset classes as a, as a way to build wealth, which is home equity, home ownership, retirement savings, you know, your 401k and all that type of stuff. Non-retirement assets, which are stocks and bonds, so if you're investing in the stock market, et cetera, et cetera, and then business equity. Um, and though my my opinion is is that home equity, retirement savings, and non-retirement assets are, as I noted earlier, are all essential items that we need to build wealth. However, I don't think that they are the tools that we need to play catch up. These are great tools to kind of continue to build wealth that you may already have. 
um, to receive moderate increases. For example, I think they say the stock market on average brings yields uh, maybe about 7-8% a year. Uh, which is not which is which is good if you want something consistent, but again we got we're trying to play catch up here. We need something with better aggressive returns um, for us to be able to reduce that wealth gap between the black black and brown community and our white counterparts. And so in the statistics, just 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 want to show some basic things where for white women, their non-retirement assets on average. Uh, is $125,000. I'm just making round numbers. Um, but for uh, black women, that not, not the non-retirement assets is about a little under 13000 But the thing that's really alarming is the business equity. Business equity. And so for the non-retirement assets, that's probably about like a 10 times difference. Um, white women are, are ten, has 10 times more assets than black women in terms of non-retirement assets. But the, the thing that... The thing that's um, that's uh, alarming to me, and I feel like this is the solution to that wealth gap, is the business equity. Business equity for white women is forty-four thousand dollars. This is for two thousand sixteen, forty-four thousand dollars. But for black women, it's only thirteen hundred dollars. That's a forty-four times different. You know, it, it, white women are basically in terms of they have forty forty-four. Um, times uh, more assets in the business equity category than black women. We only have 13. But here's the thing. That category is the most important category for building wealth. That that That's the most aggressive category as well. That's the category where we need to focus majority of our attention to as a way to play catch up to not only avoid the median black wealth getting to zero by 2053, but also have the ability to increase that number. That's a, if not close to, if not the same, but close to our, our other counterparts in terms of equal wealth, reducing that wealth gap. Because um, research shows that also in that same article, The Guardian says that uh, our wealth is expected, we're blacks and blacks are expected to lose 18% of wealth every year. Um, and uh, and, and uh, Hispanics are 12%. And while we're losing wealth in the teens on an annual basis from 2013, um, the white, our white counterparts have an increase of 3% on an annual basis. And just think of it, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Um, generational wealth, et cetera, et cetera. Think about the founder of In-N-Out Burger um, you know, the, well, not, I'm sorry, not the founder, the current CEO is uh, Lindsay Snyder. I think she's the granddaughter of the original founders, but she's a billionaire. You know, I'm not taking anything away from her. She built the company to where it is today, but she didn't, she, uh, she, she didn't found the company. She wasn't even born when the company, um, came into existence, but because of her, I think it was her grandparents, because of what they have done, because of what they have done, they're able to transfer that ownership to her, which allows her to become not just average anymore, but now a billionaire because of what she what they have created for her. Um, and, and, and we don't have that in, in, in the black community. Uh, but going back to the business equity aspect that, like again, 
$44,000 on average for white women compared to um, uh, a black woman, which is at $1,300. And I also, I found another article that talked about black families. Black families held about uh, around 2% of wealth, total wealth in, in, in America. Um, so it's, it's all about the same, whether we're talking about black women or just black families in general. Excuse me. Um, we're, we are, the wealth gap is large, basically. The wealth gap is large. And we have to find a solution to that. And again, the reason why I'm saying that, um, that I felt like we've been misled is because we're getting all the basic information. I'm going I'm to call it the safe information to, to, to talk about building wealth. But no one, I, I had to learn this my, myself. You know, everyone teaches you about invest in the stock market, buy your home, get a good job. Those are the essentials to help reducing that wealth gap. Yes, incrementally, but that could take, that could take even a significant amount of time. What's going to really help reduce that wealth gap is us in, in, uh, increasing our assets in the business equity category. So what does that mean? Obviously, business ownership, right? Um, and business ownership can mean anything. You own companies, you own real estate companies, et cetera, et cetera. Anything under that umbrella. Um, now, the good thing is, is the fact that the uh, we are seeing stats that black business ownership has grown in 2018 for uh, I think over 400 percent. Um, again, that's, I think that was a reference from the Guardian. Uh, finding it was a survey between Linden Club and uh, Gideon Financial that black uh, entrepreneurship has increased. Over 400% in that time frame. However, um, there's another thing that I felt like we are not being taught properly. And again, these are, these are lessons that I learned myself. And so now I'm also want to teach others is that though that is great to hear that we are now thinking about entrepreneurship because we need to think about that. Um, the thing is, we need to think about, and this is the other part of being misfed in the incorrect information, because we're getting now we're getting more programs about entrepreneurship, which is great, but we're not getting any proper education in terms of of how to actually build a business that can really build wealth. We're not we're not getting that exposure, um, and it just something that just came to my mind. There was a video that went viral uh, some time ago. About a gentleman, I, I can't remember his professor's name, but he talked about 398 out of the 400 billionaires created their wealth in the private market. And he was saying the only two that made their wealth in the public market was Bill, uh, not Bill Gates, Warren Buffett and somebody else I can't remember. Because Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway, he, he invests in companies that are publicly traded. But I'm, but I'm also going to challenge that too because his business is, pro, pro, uh, well, you can't you can buy shares in... Um, in uh, Berkshire Hathaway today, but when he originally started, to my knowledge, that he, you could not. Um, and he built a, a a private company and took it public, like a lot of other people, Bill Gates, Microsoft, et cetera, Facebook, and all of them. But he was, ba- but basically, the point is, is that going back to my point of this is one example of how we've been misfed uh, incorrect information. Everybody telling us to invest in the stock market and build wealth, which is true. It just increases what you already have. But if you want to go from like zero to a significant number, it's in the private market. And what we mean by the private market is owning companies that are privately held, starting uh, a business and building up to a certain to a certain status, 
um, acquiring, buying existing businesses, investing in other businesses that are appreciating in value. Um, those are just some examples of how to actually build wealth properly. And so getting back to that statistic about the 400, uh, 400% increase in entre- black entrepreneurship, the issue is, is that I think 95% uh, uh, um, of those black businesses are sole proprietorships. Why is that a problem? You can't build wealth if it's just you. You can't build wealth if it's just you. Um, in the same article, I mean, uh, a publication, Urban Institute. Oh, so sole proprietorship, for those that may not be familiar, that's basically a solo, think of a solo entrepreneur, self-employment. Uh, you're a freelancer. You know, uh, maybe you clean houses on the side. You drive for Uber. Those are just some examples of uh, 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 self-employment. So, 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 uh, um, uh, self-employment and so the the this one article the same article that shows statistics between black women and white men also talked about that how self-employment doesn't help uh, with upward mo- mobility or protect against downward mobility in terms of uh, income and all that and self-employment is actually more likely than wage and salary workers to move down the income ladder um, in other words is that being self-employed is probably worse than than having just a regular job in terms of income, being able to be able to do something, acquire assets. Um, and, and if you think about, if you ever read Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about this uh, uh, cash flow quadrant, which has four categories in there. It has employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. Um, to kind of give you a visualization, just think of a square box, and on the left side of that box, uh, at the top left, you have employee. The bottom left, you have self-employed. Top right, you have business owner. Bottom right, you have investor. And so employee, we all know that majority of people are. I was, you know, most people were at one point or another. We know that is. Self-employment is, again, freelancer. Going out, getting the, uh, uh, doing some contract work, et cetera, et cetera, just to make an income. Um, and the reason why that's, that's, that's not necessarily the best suit is because you get sick, you don't make money. Right. Everything is tied off of you trading time for money. Everything. So if you get sick, you're not making money. If you get sick as an employee, um, at least you can take time off and still get some kind of check sometimes. Right. Uh, then also the other factor is, is that self-employment, you're, all, you're you're doing the same work as an employee. But now you also got the responsibilities and in the, in the expenses as a business owner. So you're getting hit. At multiple ways, so you're not making as much. And most people, because I also teach a lot of entrepreneurs too, most people don't do their pricing right. They price themselves similar to as an employee, so they're already pricing themselves out the out the box. Um, so they're they're struggling to make money, struggling to get by, um, and 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 it's it's just it's just a bad category to be in. Uh, now, granted, now here's the other thing too. There are a lot of cases where a lot of people start there to build the businesses, right? That's that's we, that's given, um, but the reality is a lot of people are not a lot of especially our people we stay there. And so think about that as the even some people who have a restaurant they may have some employees, but guess what? They're working there day to day. They're they're the main essential component of that restaurant. Think about the uh, uh, hair salon owners, right? They're they're the, uh, our people. We do the hair. You know, we get sick that day. We can't go in and cut hair or do hair, right? Um, landscaping. So think about all the businesses that people that we know that own businesses. 
Don't get me wrong. There are some that are, are doing it the right way. I'm not referring to them. I'm referring to the vast majority that are not, who we do know. Um, and there's a lot of them people out there are, are providing because a lot of our businesses that we start are service businesses. Why? Because we learned that over time. And so, you know, we just we make money from what we know. Um, but we don't know how to really turn that into a valuable asset to build wealth, build an engine, create, turn that into an engine, a system. Um, that could be, you know, given to our children or soul later on, you know, as a way to build wealth. And so, the, like I said, uh, it, it, being a solo entrepreneur, uh, sole proprietorship basically minimizes the ability uh, to build wealth, regardless of the impact that is given to your local community. You know, the local store that's been um, in the hood, if you think about that, that's been ran by this local guy there the whole time. Even though he may have a couple of employees in there, but he's essential to the day-to-day operations. And he's essential to the day-to-day operations. So if he's not there, something happens, right? Um, the business can fall, right? Um, And, and so it's just just something to think about with it. And so, oh, so let me go back to the points of the, the four quadrant. And so business owner, as a definition, is someone there that has a certain amount of employees. The system is already in place um, where they don't have to be there on a regular basis for it to, for it to uh, um, uh, generate money. So they had the luxury. They, if they want to take a month off to travel or something like that or maybe work on another business. They have that luxury to do so, all right? And it's just someone that has, uh, and I think I read somewhere that, uh, which I could have referred to maybe 500 employees, but I, I think that's not, I think that's a little extreme in my opinion. I think you can still get by. There's big people that own businesses with maybe 10, 15 employees that that, that earn a, a nice living and have the luxury to, to, to not have to be there on a day-to-day basis. Uh, think about some certain franchises, you know. Now, some there's some people that do work there day to day, but there's some others that don't. Um, and so, the, but those are systems in place, so that way, and it's an asset. You turn it into a, a, a viable asset that can be sold or given to someone later on. And that's the thing: a transferable asset. That's that's the main thing about generational wealth. You want something that has a that's a tra- transferable asset. Where either you can give it to your children, pass it along, or you can give it to someone else at a price. Either or. And that right there is, is the essence of generational wealth. And that's how we can pass things down. Um, and so the, the, so the investor model is just someone that has the means to invest in something. And so they invest and, and take bite sides of various equity and various businesses. And all those things work together. So the bottom line is that in terms of building wealth is that you want to be on the right side of that quadrant. Remember that square? I said to the left is employee and self-employed. You don't want to be on that side. You want to strive. Even if you're there today, that's fine. We all, start, we all have to start somewhere. But you want to strive to be on the right side of that quadrant. Uh, where you are a business owner or an investor or both you can you can be both if you want to but you want to be on that side of the of the side of that table and that's some of the examples of how we're being misfed incorrect information um we are being misfed information about how to properly build wealth we need to properly build wealth with the mindset of business equity that's where a lot of our attention needs to be and the right type of business equity, not sole proprietorship, all right? Not just thinking about, let me have 
figure out how to get some money by just, you know, cutting hair. No. How can you start a chain of hair salons, right? Or how can you uh, invent maybe a, a, a new pair of clippers, all right? Or uh, there are some people, I think there was an ad, um, I remember there was an ad on Target, had this lady that has this new um, beauty product or something like that. Something like that, it's a product, right? Because you'll need a system in place for that. You'll need a team, a squad, and that could be a transferable asset where you build it up to a certain stage. Um, uh, uh, you build up to a certain stage, and, and you sell it, and you sell it. And you sell the business to somebody. Um, and that's the, that's the desired goal that you want to have with that. So I want to, um, I want to see if I can give you an example of somebody. Um, I'm trying to remember their name. I'm drawing a blank on their name right now that built the business, built the fortune. Um, let me see if I can find it. Shea Moisture, when they sold it to Unilever. Some people were against that. Well, you know, in the world of business, buying and selling, merging and acquisition, the world of buying and selling companies. And um, that's just, that's how you do it. That's how you build wealth. And But the beauty of it, he built the company up, sold it, and now was able to create a fund to help fund other uh, businesses. And this is the reason why sometimes you liquidate, you, you, especially if, if you, don't, you don't have a desire to keep it. And sometimes, too, you can't keep it because your kids don't want it. That's another reason, too. But I, I don't know what his story is. But, um, but he took that equity. Someone gave him money for that equity. They took that cash to build, to increase his equity even more by investing in other people. He is now playing on the road. Going back to that uh, cash flow quadrant he is now playing on the investor side of that category he was the business owner side and then now he's the investor side uh my opinion is that you know you go from employee self-employed business owner and then down to investor that's the life cycle of business as uh for building well at least that's the desire for me and i think that there should be a lot of other people um that should go down that road but i just want to also just i want to kind of close on this note um, that again, we have been misfed information about how to properly build wealth. It's not, it's not just home ownership or investing in the stock market. It's more than that. It's building wealth and ownership of companies, and of course, real estate. Uh, real estate, as in not just home, your primary residence, but apartments, a commercial real estate. Um, you know, all those pieces, those are the things that we need to play, uh, help us to catch up or to, to, to decrease that wealth gap in a short period of time and actually enable us to actually catch up, to get closer to that. And just give you an example of how there's a book, um, why do I, um, why the white guy should have all the fun, I believe. And it's, and it's about the, uh, gentleman named uh, Reginald Lewis, Great book for anyone that likes transactions, likes building wealth, concept of building wealth and businesses, et cetera, et cetera. But he, he, he just talks about how he acquired businesses and stuff like that. And that's just one path. That's going to be a whole other podcast about um, entrepreneurship through acquisition of companies. That's a whole other 
uh, path to entrepreneurship or, or business equity. Um, but just learn how our other counterparts do that. For example, I was talking to a guy the other day. Him and his team are out there investing in companies and buying companies. And he still has a full-time job. But they're doing this as a side hustle, right? But he was telling me that how we sometimes get in- intimidated or through lack of knowledge, we, don't, we miss out on opportunities. He, gave, he told me a story about how a gentleman bought a company, a $30 million company, and he only had to pay out of his pocket, out of his own pocket, $150,000. Now, don't get me wrong, $150,000 is still a lot, but if it's for a $30 million company, that's nothing. That's nothing. He bought a $30 million company for $150,000. Historically, we hear a $30 million company, we just ignore the whole thing because that's impossible for us. But we buy, we buy homes that are worth two hundred fifty grand. We buy homes that are worth three hundred grand. We sometimes buy cars that are worth eighty grand. So we can come across one hundred and fifty grand, right? We buy. So there's some people I know who buy cars for six figures, you know, because uh, they they have a good lifestyle. So we are we have the ability to do that. Uh, we just have to think more creatively, cre- creatively, um, on how to figure that out. But anyway, I hope this was helpful. Um, I, I, I want to continue to provide more information to help our people as a way to build wealth. All right. God bless. Take care.